0: Today, we have Mike Darrow, CEO of TrueCar.
1: This is Amplify, a retail automotive podcast brought to you by Reuters Events and DeSoto. It's time to make the most innovative voices in retail automotive louder.
0: Mike, it's good to be here with you today in person on a podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. I love talking to you guys, and this is a great opportunity to do that.
1: Oh, man, I love good yeah,
2: conversations. I know, and we're already settled, <laughs> and we're getting, all,
0: getting ready to seats. So uh, we're here at the Reuters uh, automotive retail event, so we have this mix of uh, OEMs and dealers, industry partners. I think that industry partners hold quite a bit of influence um, in this current situation we're in because we are just looking at the shifting landscape. OEMs have big challenges to solve. Dealers have big challenges th- to solve. And then you find yourself right in the middle of those challenges.
2: Yeah, it's um it's a great industry that we're all a part of and I got a chance as I cut my teeth in this industry to work on a number of different sides. But I started on the OEM side and got to learn the business there. That business has changed a lot, I'm realizing just recently with the OEMs coming in going direct to consumers, it's put more pressure on the OEMs. It ends up getting squeezed onto their dealers. So I'll just give you a couple of examples. Back when I was working for Nissan, if if a pricing discussion ever broke out, we had to leave the room, right? The OEMs would say, don't get involved in pricing, that's the dealer's business. So okay, interesting. Wow, yeah. so really they made you step yeah, out. We'd go to an advertising association meeting, we decide what we're gonna run for the month, pricing came up, it's get out of the room, right? We don't deal with pricing, retailers handle that. Now the pressure that's been brought on by like Tesla and Rivian and all controlling the full chain all the way to the consumer, I think it's put a little bit of strain on that relationship, and we're seeing a little bit of that. But as long as we all – and there's so many talented people in this industry, the OEM level, the dealer level. As long as we keep an eye on the customer, we can work all these issues out. It'll always Mm. work out in the end. Mm.
0: Explain what you mean by that. So, like, how how does that practically play out? As long as we – because I think everybody – would say, of course, we're keeping an eye on the customer, right? right? Like you're saying that and the OEMs are saying it, the Mm -hmm. dealers are saying that. But what what do you mean when you say as long as we're doing that? Unpack that.
2: I think when we get into these arguments, we tend to look internally at each other and, and, and find friction points versus looking at the consumer and saying, what type of problem are we trying to solve? What do we need to keep focused on to solve it as a group rather than coming at it from different directions? And a perfect example that came up in one of your sessions this morning was our retailers selling over MSRP, right? Uh, the, the dealer you had said, we don't sell cars over MSRP, yeah. right? Yep. So I think in those battles, if they just step back and say, okay, what do we do if we keep our eye on the customer, right? You probably bring that pricing down a bit, get closer to MSRP because you want that customer to come back. And I, and listen, I understand the dealer's point of view. Oftentimes they were selling cars pre-COVID under invoices. So they've been on both sides of right. that. So it gets interesting. So, but I, I think- as long as when we get into these conflicts, we always say, hey, what, what what are we trying to do for the consumer, right? What are we trying to accomplish and make sure that we're building the right cars, we're delivering the right way, we're creating the right buying process? Those things tend to work themselves out.
1: What do you see as like w- w- maybe one or two of the major fr- friction points or or problems that we as an industry need to solve for the consumer right now? Yeah, w- I, what are the, What is the consumer demanding yeah, of us, and, yeah, and w- I, I how should we solve it?
2: I think for us, it's being willing to give up control, right? Our industry in a lot of cases has been built about controlling the process, 12-step sales process, do this, take the customer through that, make them take a demo drive, do these things. What customers are saying these days is, help me buy your products the way I want to buy them and where I want to buy them. So you got to meet them where they are, and you've got to give them opportunities to use processes that meet the way they want to absorb that, that vehicle. So- I think those are the two big things. It's a little unnerving because if you believe that really in your core, you got to give up some control. Right. right. You, you can't. You can't
0: have it both ways. That's right. Right. And I think we've talked about that a lot. This this spirit of innovation on one side and <laughs> kind of humility on the other. To understand that this is a give and take, just like any good relationship. That's right. Right. There's not a good relationship or a good marriage or a good parent child relationship that does not exhibit a healthy measure of good intake in the midst of the friction.
2: That's right, and, and and as long as everybody's growing from it, we all learn something and we all gain something from one of other people's perspectives, that's how you get to the best answers, I think.
1: Well, that and, and the growing part of it is like we just, we sometimes we just hold so dearly to our ideals or our, our opinions, for sure. right, and all of a sudden that stifles any level of innovation or care that we could have for someone across, across the way. Because you know, the and moment you're right, yes,
2: we're done growing. Exactly. That's right. That's right. And, and I see it the most. Uh, I'll run into it with our sales team. Some of those folks are here. They get so passionate about our products. I'll go out on a sales call with them. They'll break into a big elaborate pitch, which is well done. But really good sales happen by listening. Right. You <laughs> listen to the dealer. <laughs> You start off with a question, Mr. Dealer, how can I help you? What's your biggest problem? How can I help you today? How can I help you solve a real problem? And if you start there, then the conversation takes you where you need to get to. So I think there's a lot of opportunities to listen, ask questions, and really learn from each other. There's so many smart people in this industry. There really is. There are at all levels, retailers, uh, OEMs, third parties everywhere.
0: There's there's an element, and we talked about this in the beginning, the seat that you have. you said, you know, we have to listen to the consumer. What ways do you have, you know, you have a lot of traffic to your platform. You have a lot of people giving you uh, their, their idea of what they want and how they want it. Um, give, a, give us some insights. Like, what are you seeing with the volume and the traffic that you have?
2: What we're seeing is um, if you try to solve all consumer issues in the buying process one way, you're not going to make anybody happy. So, right? so we've started working on things. Some, some companies call them personas. We've started to call them buying cohorts. Where we identify a group of buyers who demonstrate uh, similar needs, right? Maybe it's yep. a yep. it's an economically challenged buyer who needs help with financing, right? You see those buyers come through the sites. You can start building flows and products that cater to them, right? You help them get free financed ahead of time. You listen. You lean in and see where they need their help. So, for us, it's we get about nine million monthly unique. So we see a lot of things. We see a lot of things happening. We've begun to cluster consumers together and try to find ways to, to develop unique solutions for different buying groups.
1: I love I love that idea because a lot of the times when we talk about a process or a way to do business or anything like that, what we start to say is like the best way to do business is blah, right? Whatever that is. And, and, and we... Like we were talking about opinions, and, and mm-hmm. we're right, but that's the bet. Like everyone should buy a car like this. Actually, we have a good friend Matt Lasher. He's like, well, digital retailing is actually built around the idea that credit is not an issue, right? Um uh, that's a typical Lasher, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But, but but it really is. The Wester Automotive Group, yeah, you from West the Wester Automotive mm-hmm. Group, and and so if you if you just if you think like everybody wants to buy that way and a whole subset of of culture can't buy that way and that's just one example there's probably multiple other examples right maybe they don't know how to trade in a car they don't know you know what financing options are out there they only they only select x instead of y and and if you and so what you're saying is like if you can start to map some of those you can create custom journeys for buying personas that say right. that that's that that's an option i think that's a really unique place that like a third-party marketplace can play because like a dealer only can deal with a certain subset of people and trying to do all, be all things to all people is actually pretty difficult. So you right. do have that unique opportunity.
2: Yeah, and, and the best way to get at those things is by asking questions, right? So we, we take consumers through um, Justin, who was on one of the panels, mentioned a fit quiz we have. We yeah, I love the name. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, quiz. you just understand what it is. Yeah,
2: help people <laughs> help people determine or let us know what's important to them. Is it a third row of seats? Is it trunk capacity? Is it fuel economy? Is there uh, any
0: financial conversation that happens then? Like, what's your price range in yeah, the fit conversation? Yeah.
2: Well Well, the other thing we found out is for a certain group of buyers, you're you're doing them a disservice if you don't help them look at the right cars. Right. So. We have close to a million cars on our website. No shopper's going to look at a million vehicles. That's right. kind of a van- yeah. that's a vanity metric that we throw around in yeah. the industry so we can brag about how many cars we have. But, but, but <laughs> you, only, love, you only have to have the one. You just called it out. Right? Right. You only have to have the one. That's yeah. right. So, so what we've started to do is we ask people to, to answer a few questions, pre-qualify, and we can come up with a down payment and a monthly payment and then sort our inventory based on that. So they're only looking at cars that they can afford when they get to the end they don't go through a full process, get to the very end of it, and find out they're looking at a car they can't afford. So there's a lot of ways you can do that, but you got to lean into the consumer, and you got to ask the questions. They'll lead you to the right answer as long as you can work with them. Yeah.
0: So we have uh, one final question. Sure. What, how would you define the role? And I want you to speak to all the other industry partners, mm-hmm. right? Because we've been leaning in. You know, we're friends with a lot of industry partners, um, and we see them as a critical component to solving this this issue, right? The consumer issue. What's your encouragement to the industry partners out there? What position should they be taking as we enter this next era of the auto industry?
2: Um, I'm hoping they are all doing like we're doing, and and they're they're focusing first on the customer, but then also realizing that if you're going to be a real marketplace, an industry player, you've got to have supply as well as demand and put as much energy into creating great products for the supply side which is the OEMs and the dealers, right? I mentioned Uber in my presentation. Yeah. They do a great job of that. People love to drive for them, and people love to ride mm. with them. So you know you're a really good marketplace when both sides are happy with you. And if you spend equal amount of time focusing on both sides of the equation, I think that's when you end up with the right answers.
0: Well, um, I don't think i said it any better. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having Best me. Best of luck in this next great year. It's a big here. one.
2: All right, absolutely. Talk to you guys. Thanks
1: for listening to the Amplify Podcast, brought to you by Reuters Events and Asotu. For more engaging episodes like this, subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about our hosts, Paul J. Daly and Cal Mountsier by visiting asotu.com.